And if you're uh, new, if this is your first time or maybe your first couple times at Harvest and you're like, what is up with all this scent stuff? Four weeks ago, uh, our pastors and elders were up here on the stage and um, we had been praying for a long time and sensing God was moving us in a direction. Scent is a vision. It's a vision initiative and it's all about us moving forward with a couple things. Mobilizing all of us as missionaries right here in our community, uh, planting churches in, need, uh, in communities in need of all about God's glory churches uh, near by us, and then partnering with churches around the world to help them in their planting of churches across their continent. And um, we are so thrilled for what God's doing, and that story just epitomizes what, what is at the heartbeat of this sent vision. And um, uh, we, if you are new, we're, we're working our way through a study in the book of Acts, just uh, verse by verse through this whole book. And so if you have a Bible this morning, don't turn to the book of Acts, okay? Uh, actually, turn to the book of Luke. Um, we are taking a break in our series through the book of Acts to study a, a, a passage today because four weeks ago, we said that this Sunday, May 6th, was going to be Commitment Sunday for the family here at Harvest. And so if you're new today, you are walking in on such an exciting Sunday for us. I hope by the end of this time, you really get to know the heartbeat of this family of wanting to see God be brought glory through disciples being made. Um, but just enjoy this time of worship with us, and we pray by the end of the time today, you feel like part of this family, and your heart starts to beat the same way that ours does. Uh, but today is a special Sunday in the life of our church, and uh, I want us to just study a passage out of the book of Luke here today in light of this being Commitment Sunday. Now, some important things. We're jumping in to the uh, to a middle of the book of the Bible. And anytime you jump into the middle of a book, whether you uh, kind of do devotions one morning like uh, Bible roulette style and just kind of flip the pages and you open it, uh, you always need some context to know, okay, what's going on with what I'm about to be reading or studying? Um, what's neat about what we're studying today is the same writer we've been studying also wrote this book. Um, the, uh, his name was Luke, and uh, he wrote the Gospel of Luke, and he wrote the Book of Acts. It's a two-volume work on the life and the, the followers of Jesus. The Gospel of Luke highlights the life of Christ from his birth up to his ascension into heaven. Uh, the Book of Acts takes it up from the ascension, and then it chronicles how these early Jesus followers started to live. What did, what did this early church look like? How did they live with one another? How did they engage the lost world around them? And we are studying, uh, just for this morning, uh, Luke, volume one of Luke's work here, and we're going to pick it up about 10 chapters into the book. And um, what we're going to see today in 12 verses out of Luke chapter 10 are seven principles that every sent person needs to know. Seven things sent people must know. Because what we're going to find here is that Jesus has been in the business of sending his followers from the time he was walking on this earth. Those who were called to follow him, Jesus was always sending back out. And guess what? He's in the same business of that for us here today. And there's seven things we need to understand about the season we're heading into as a church that we can take from this passage. So if you would, um, let, let's do this today. Let's clear our minds. Let's settle our hearts. Let's get in God's word and let's let God's word speak to our heart. 
Um, we, I, don't, I know this is true in my life, and I'm sure it's true in yours. There are just some Sundays. Last Sunday was one of those for me, where I was just walking into church with like my heart so far from being in this place. And um, let's just calm our hearts right now. Let's clear our minds, and let's, let's, let's ask God this morning to do a really powerful work in our heart right from his word. Amen? So just pray, and let's ask God to do that. Lord, um, we come before you now. And Lord, we just want to tell you from the very beginning of this prayer, Lord, we are so dependent on you. Lord, you told us we can do nothing apart from you. And Lord, we just want to say that right back to you. It helps us to say it audibly. We can do nothing apart from you. Oh God, will you please help us today? Lord, in this vision that you have given us for this church, Lord, it is so far beyond us, Lord. We say we can't do it, but we believe that you can and we believe that you will. You are El Shaddai. You are God Almighty. Lord, we get to right now hear and submit our hearts to the words of El Shaddai. Thank you, Lord, that you are the mighty God who also draws near to us as daddy. And Lord, our minds can not even understand fully how that works, but we're grateful. And so God, in this time, would you speak powerfully through your word? And the only prayer of this preacher is that you'd get, out, get him out of the way in the process. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 10, get there. If you need a Bible, there's one under a seat close by you, if I haven't already said that. Um, Luke chapter 10 is where we are. Get that in your laps and let's look at this. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After this, okay, we got to stop there. After this, you're like, we got two words in. I know, I know. Isn't the Bible awesome? It's so deep, we got to stop after two words in. After this, remember, we're jumping into the middle of a story. Um, anytime you see a transition words like after this, we need, to, we need to ask a question. What's the question we should probably ask right now? After what? And so look at where Luke ends um, what he's writing, and, and he doesn't end it. We added chapter divisions, but look at how Luke chapter 9 ends. Um, you might see a little title or a heading there in your Bible. It says, The Cost of Following Jesus. Jesus has just interacted with three people. Um, the, the, the first one he interacted with, he's like, hey, I'm ready to follow you. Come on. I'm ready to go, Jesus. I'm all in. And Jesus just goes, can you just see how calmly he would have said it? Like, I just picture him just kind of... Hey, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but I don't know where I'm sleeping tonight. And the guy's like, okay, I'll catch you later. And then uh, there's a couple other guys. Jesus says, hey, come follow me. And the guy, these other two, they have, very good, like, they have very good human reasons why they don't just drop everything right now and go follow them. Like, as you, if you read that part, you're like, oh, that's a pretty good reason. And Jesus just says, no, 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 come follow me. Like, come count the cost of what it means to follow me. And then right on the heels of this, Luke chapter 10 begins, and it says, after this, and now Luke's going to highlight a group of 72 people who are like all in, ready to go for the mission. And look at, look at what happens here. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others. And he, what did he do? What does he, what's it say after that? And he sent them. 
the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him two by two into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Um, uh, in the Bible, in the New Testament, in the stories of the life of Jesus, often the 12 kind of make the majority of the headlines, the 12 disciples. And sometimes we can lose sight of that there's other people following Jesus as well. There's other disciples, there's other followers at this time. And now um, Luke is going to take a moment and he's going to highlight a season of Jesus' ministry where Jesus, uh, he called out, he commissioned, he sent, what it says here, 72 others. I think that means 72 other than the 12 that have been spoken of so much here. And he, he's like, hey, I'm calling, you, I'm calling you guys. I'm commissioning you. I'm sending you out. And what's the purpose of why they're sent? It kind of tells us at the end of verse 1 that they're going to go into every town and place where Jesus, where he himself, was about to go. And so he's sending out these 72. Hey, you're going to this town. You two, you're going to this town. Hey, you two, you're going over to this town. And I'm going to make my way through the course of my ministry in the days to come through these towns. And you guys are going to kind of go out and prepare the way a bit for my coming and the ministry to come through here. And now we can very quickly go on to verse 2 and go, okay, we're pulling seven principles. I don't really see one there, but there's something so important. We just got to pause and we got to state the obvious in verse 1. Are you ready for this? It'll blow your mind. Point one, sent people are sent by Jesus. Mind blower, right? Sent people, first thing we need to understand, we're sent by Jesus. Now, why is that such an important thing to camp out on and actually make a point of a sermon about? Um, it's, it's for this very reason. I want us to chew on this statement that I'm going to put on the screen here. The importance of a mission is directly proportional to the authority of the one who sends you on the mission. Just chew on that. The importance of a mission is directly proportional to the authority of the one who sends you on the mission. Imagine being one of these 72. Like you've been following Jesus and you know the 12 and you're like, man, they get to do some awesome things with them. And then Jesus says, I'm sending a group out and you're one of the 72. Can you imagine the excitement of that? I'm being sent on official business by the Lord Jesus Christ. How sweet would that be? And it's something we need to understand for our lives here today that all of us in this room were missionaries. All of us by, have been sent out by Jesus Christ. And you're like, I'm not a missionary. Oh, we are. We are missionaries to our neighborhoods and to our workplaces and to our schools and amongst our family and among our friends. We are missionaries and we can say unapologetically, get ready for this, we are sent on official business by the Lord Jesus Christ. And what a privilege that is. Sent people are sent directly by Jesus. Now, this is really important for us to Get, uh, get our heads around, to get our arms around. It's why every time during announcement time, you're going to hear, so you can probably say it yourself at this point. Hey, why we're, what we're doing here and why we exist, we exist to glorify God by making disciples. Do you hear that every Sunday? Do you hear that every Sunday? It's because we can never lose sight of the mission that Jesus has called us to, and we can never, we can never remind each other enough of what it is. You want to see something scary? Everyone say yes. New Barna study, New Barna group study. 51% of U.S. churchgoers don't know the Great Commission. And that's the Barna group. You can trust them. They're legit. 
51% of U.S. churchgoers don't know the Great Commission. Translation, over half, about half of the people who walk into the American church and, and darken the door on a Sunday and sit in and they worship Jesus, they don't even really know the mission that Jesus has called them to in their life. What is that mission? We're told right at the end of the book of Matthew. Come on, this should get, this should get every Jesus follower's heart beating a little bit faster every time you read this passage. And Jesus came and he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. We are sent people, folks. We're sent people. We are on a mission. We are on official business of the Lord Jesus Christ until the day he calls us home and we get to go see that Lord Jesus Christ face to face. And what a privilege it is. I think these 72 right now uh, use sports, sports, and they're in the locker room. Jesus is in front of them and they are pumped for the mission that he is entrusting them with right here. So, first thing we need to know is that sent people are sent by Jesus, but don't go to verse 2 too quickly. Um, after this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him. What's the next three words? I need, I need a little louder than that. Two by two. Two by two. Uh, second thing, second principle we need to know about being sent by the Lord is this. We're not sent alone. We aren't sent alone. Who can tell me how did the Great Commission end? How did it end? What did he say? I am with you always. And surely I will be with you always. We first and foremost not sent alone in the mission by Jesus because he's going with us. It's the only way the mission can get done is if he goes with us. But the second principle you see here is when Jesus sends out his people, he sends them together. Two by two. This isn't the only place you see this in the New Testament. When Jesus' followers are sent out on mission, they go together. In church harvest, I know, we are going into a season and we're, we're all together as a family. We're being called to a radical and joyful, sacrificial giving of our finances. We're being called to being willing, getting our heart to the place that if, if one day we say, hey, uh, this neighboring community, God's open inroads, we're going to plant a church there and the Holy Spirit's going to tap you on the shoulder and go, and guess what? You're going and you're going to go, I think you got the wrong guy. And he's going to go, no, I don't. We're going to go, we're going to go to countries. We're going to partner with churches in countries. And guess what? They're, they're not exactly going to be like the most amicable to Christians. And we're going to say, Lord, are you sure? And we're going to have to say to ourselves over and you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. He's going with us. And guess what? We're doing this together. Family together, all in. Here we go on the mission. And I love that when Jesus sends out his people, he does so two by two. No one's going, no Lone Ranger Christianity, no Lone Ranger mission for Jesus. He has wired us in every sense of our faith walk to do it with other people, even when we go on mission. And so just there in verse one, two things we need to see. Sent people are sent by Jesus and they're not sent alone. But then look at what he says in verse two. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers 
into his harvest. The third thing sent people need to know is this. Sent people are to pray for more sent workers. We're to pray and ask God, would you provide more sent workers? And what Jesus does here, because Jesus is the master teacher, he always, anytime he gets an opportunity to show something or paint a picture versus just saying it, he always chooses to paint the picture. And he says, uh, it's like this. He goes, the, the harvest is plentiful. And every person sitting there listening to that would have known exactly what he's doing. I mean, they live in an agrarian society. They grow their food. They walk by farm fields all the time. And Jesus goes, it's, it's like this picture of standing on the edge of a, of a field, uh, this massive field. And you can't even see the end of this field. The end of this field just kind of disappears into the horizon. And you're tasked with going through that field and picking the head of every uh, grain in that field. And you look down the edge of the field and there's like three of you there to do it. He goes, followers, that's what it's like. The harvest is plentiful. It's massive. So many souls to be won for the Lord. So many people to disciple in their walk with Jesus. But he doesn't say something. For the longest time, I thought what this verse said is, ask the Lord of the harvest to give you the harvest. It's not what he says. Ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers to send out laborers into the harvest field. The mission is massive. The globe is big. I was um, working on part of this sermon from a coffee shop downtown. I was sitting outside, and as I just got to this verse, I'm just looking, and just the number of people walking by, the number of cars going past. And this is just Indianapolis a little dot in the midst of this massive globe. Jesus followers, the harvest is plentiful. And he's telling us, go ask our daddy for more workers to go out and do it. That is the heartbeat of sin, that we would become the laborers in the midst of the harvest field. The mission Jesus has called us to is so big, the church has a perpetual sign hanging on the window that says help wanted. The mission is so big, the sign on the window says help wanted all the time. More workers, more workers, more workers, more workers, more workers. Uh, this, this sent vision for our church, we, we are talking about it like this. Sent here, sent near, sent far. Sent here, how do we become the most effective we can be in reaching the greater south side of Indianapolis with the gospel of Jesus Christ? Part of sent here includes us moving from being a portable church to a permanent church, and we're praising God for his clear leading in that. Sent near means we're going to be a church planting church in central Indiana and beyond, Lord willing, as he opens up opportunities for us to plant churches. Sent far means we're partnering with churches around the globe to help them become the church planting church God's called them to be. Next week, uh, in the spirit of this verse here, more Lord, more laborers, more laborers, more laborers. Next week, you're going to hear of an opportunity for our church, a group of people in the Shelbyville community. They've been meeting on Sunday afternoons. They've been forming a core group. We sense God is doing something there and is calling us to be a part of helping them get a church, an all about God's glory church planted in their community. And next week, you're going to hear an opportunity about how we can be laborers to help with that. But this week, I want to highlight a scent here. Lord, more laborers. We're asking for more laborers. We're asking for more laborers. Jess, can you help me? Can you come up and help me? Um, one of the stories of sent here is we just think about ministry here as a church at Harvest. Um, um, 
since day one, for some reason, God and his sovereignty, this is, he is the one that's in complete control of this. Um, since day one, he has, uh, just ha- he's just gr- grown our ministry. Just numerically, he's grown our ministry. So just stay right there. If my end of, if this was a tug of war, I would lose big time. Um, um, <laughs> I picked the wrong man. Um, if, if my end is just the growth of our church um, in seasons throughout our history, and Jess's end is um, the growth of the number of workers, or how we say it around here is we believe disciples of Jesus worship Christ, walk with Christ, and work for Christ. The number of people who are actively serving in our church. What we've found through many seasons of our church is God's kept growing us. As God's kept growing us, like he's kept us in pace with the number of workers that we've needed. Now, just back there. Um, what we're finding is God just continues to like grow this place, but we've been in a season a little bit where you just stay right there, where what's happening is the number of workers here is, has not kept pace with that. And so like um, more people, and I, I like don't take this, of, more people are just coming here on Sunday, but they're not getting plugged into being a part of the work of a serving team. And what happens when that happens is all this ministry still has to go on for more people now, but less people are doing it and it creates tension on the rope. And like the more God continues to grow this and the less we have people jump in, the more tension that can be created here. So Jess, thank you very much. So here's what we want to do today. Just going into the next season where before we can think about planting churches and other communities and being a part of what God's doing around the globe, let's just get our serving teams here to full strength. Amen? And the need really for the size of a church we are, the need really isn't that large to get us to full strength. And so um, you'll never hear a pastor say this in the middle of a sermon, but I'm going to say it. Would you get your phones out right now? Would you just get your phones out right now? If you've got a phone on you, if you don't, don't worry. I'm going to send you to the next steps table after this. Um, You're going to see on the screen here, if you're here and you're like, hey, we're part of this family, this is our church, and you know what, we just haven't got plugged in, and we've we've been meaning to, and we just haven't, Uh, right now, we can capture this moment right now, and we can get all of our serving teams to full strength right now. And so here's what we, we, we want you to do. And if you're like, text, and I can't even read that word, and those numbers, if you're like, I don't even know what that slide says, just go to the next steps table after, okay? Like, it's okay. Don't worry about the tech side of it. I don't even know what this means. Um, we have people who are smarter than I am who do these things. Text, I am sent kids. I'm going to talk about that. I am sent kids, all capitals, all one word, or I am sent serve to this number, 444-999. I am sent kids, I am sent serve, all one word, all caps. Now, why is there a distinction for this I am sent kids thing? Uh, let me tell you about what God is doing upstairs right now, okay? When we launched this church, about 20 to 25 kids would go upstairs on a Sunday. In four rooms, four rooms, 20 to 25 kids on a Sunday. And from day one, let me tell you something, our Harvest Kids team has absolutely crushed it. They have just, they have just, yeah, we can applaud them for their work. Not one of those workers, not one of those leaders sees their job up there as just to babysit their discipling kids. They're coming alongside families and they're discipling kids. I'll tell you what, there's nothing that'll make this daddy's eyes more misty than when my son can walk home and go, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And I'm like, I've never loved you more, son. But you know what's happening? We have people, we have people pouring into our kids. They're pouring in. So 
20 to 25 when we started. Today, there will be somewhere between 150 to 170 kids up there. It takes 240 workers to get our kids' ministry at full strength. 240. They have absolutely crushed it. And here's the thing. You want to know? They've been operating at 75% strength. They need 60 more workers today to say, I am sent kids. I am sent kids. Well, what am I, what am I agreeing to? I don't even know. Just put it in. <laughs> well, aren't the toddler classes like, yes, probably. Um, just put it in. Shouldn't I talk about this with my husband? No, just put it in and tell him, hey, guess what? We're serving in kids next week. Shouldn't we pray about this? We've already prayed. We've pre-prayed about it for you. (laughs) And not only in our kids, but we want to see all of our serving teams. Listen, we're going into too critical of a season as a church to not be at full strength right here at home. Full strength at home, healthy here in every area, means the healthiest we can be for the mission God's calling us to out there. Deal? Um, If you don't get that or any of that, just go to the Next Steps table after, and they can help you. Okay, commercial over. Um, I did that, though, because I felt like it fit here, that Jesus himself tells us the harvest, the work, the mission is always going to have a massive workload to it. More workers, more workers, more workers, more workers. And you know what? I, I love our church. I love this church. That this is not a place... That people just want to like come and sit. They, like, we love to get our hands dirty for the Lord, and I love this. Um, and so Jesus paints a picture here. Big, big, open, wide field, disappearing into the horizon. And then Jesus is going to paint another picture right on the heels of this, and it's a powerful one. Go to verse 3 with me. So right after he said, plentiful harvest, he says, Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs, in the midst of wolves. Like, think about this picture that Jesus just gave them. You, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of a pack of wolves. And up to this point, I imagine, kind of back to that sports scene, you know, locker room, they're getting pumped. I imagine this being like, these, these people are so pumped for what Jesus, he's like, I'm sending you, and they're like, yeah! And guess what? And guess what? You're not going alone. You're going together. Yeah. And ask God for more people to help you. And they're like, let's go. And I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. (laughs) Wait, we're the wolves, right? (laughs) The other guy's going, no, I'm pretty sure he said we're the lambs. (laughs) Hey, Jesus, um, they usually don't work out real well for the lambs. Hey, Jesus, is, is this going to be safe? No, probably not. Could, could we get hurt? Probably. Will it be worth it? Eternally so. What I appreciate about Jesus is he's a phenomenal leader. Because let me tell you what you're getting yourself into. Like, none of this painting a picture of what it, oh, yeah, everyone's just going to love you. You're going to come into town. People love you. They love me. This will be great. He's like, no, listen, listen. Part of, the, part of the reality of this, 72, you're going to be like lambs walking into the midst of a pack of wolves. Fourth thing we need to know as sent people, sent people are sent as lambs among wolves. 
We just are. And guess what? It's okay. It's okay. Jesus tells us, he warns us. And you're like, oh, what do you mean it's okay? <laughs> lamb, wolf. And when I'm the lamb, you want to know why it's okay. Yes, we're the lambs. Yes, there's wolves out there. But I'll tell you something. We have a pretty awesome shepherd. And he's got a pretty awesome rod and a pretty awesome staff. And he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. So let's go. And these 72, not one, Luke doesn't know one of them going, eh, think I'm out now. Not one of them are we told here, backs out of this. And now they're going, let's go. What do we bring? Verse 4, carry, carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. So Jesus has told them that he's sending them. He's told them they're not going alone. He's told them, um, he's told them that they would run into some, some difficulty, and now he's going to tell them what to bring. Uh, hey, hey what, do we, what do we pack for this? And uh, what's the first thing he says? Don't bring what? What's it say? No money back. No money back. And they're going... Like, no wallet, no purse, they think, no, 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 no money. What's he say next? No knapsack. No knapsack. Okay. Uh, no, no bag, no, no extra clothes. Okay, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm all about traveling light. Let me just grab something. Let me just grab something. All right, I'm ready. What's he say next? No sandals. No, no sandals. And you're going, okay, Jesus, um, I'm all for traveling light. But no, no money, no, no extra change of clothes, likelihood of these sandals breaking, something like no extra sandal. Like, this is foolish. We got to have some of our basic need. I mean, this is foolish. How are we going to be provided for? And Jesus tells them, verse 5, Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace, don't, don't, don't just brush over that. We're going to come back to that. If a son of peace, if a person of peace, if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on, upon them. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Jesus just tells them how they're going to be provided for, and it's not at all the way we would have gone about it. We would have stocked up cash in the wallet. We would, have, we would have thrown the extra stuff in the backpack. We would have made sure we had dry shoes, an extra pair of shoes. We would have had that kind of um, um, hanging off by the laces to the side. And then we'd say, we're ready. He goes, no, actually, um, yeah, go like that. Wait, is there a wallet in your pocket? No, take that out. Now go. Why? He's sending them out on faith. He goes, you got to trust me that in my sovereignty along the path I'm sending you, I'm strategically placing people who are going to be people of peace who welcome you in to provide for you, who help mobilize the mission and move it forward. You, he goes, you just got to trust me on that. Um, the fifth thing that we need to know as sent people is sent people are provided for by God. How? Through people of peace. 
Now, what in the world does this mean for us today? This is such a foreign concept for us today. Because again, we would have just done it all ourselves and stocked up all the extra and we just would have gone. What does it mean that sent people are provided for by God through people of peace? Now we can't unpack a whole idea of person of peace that we see in the New Testament. That's not, this isn't the sermon for it, but I do want to quickly say um, God will use people. God has strategically placed people already in other communities on other parts of the world that are going to help us mobilize this mission he's calling us to right here on the south outside of Indiana, Indianapolis. Like right now, there's a family in Turkey. There's a guy in Turkey who is going to help us mobilize what God is going to call us to do in Turkey. It just is the truth that you see this principle of people of peace, of a person of peace who helps provide for and mobilize the mission God is calling you to. Um, You're going to think I'm crazy, but I can tell you when we moved into the neighborhood that we live in, who the person of peace on our street was. It's the, it, it was the guy who always got the people together. Um, his name was Justin. And very quickly, every time you drove by Justin and Megan's house, it was just like this party of young families just like ours. And we were like, if we're going to live missionally in our community and see God transform these households, you get in with Justin first. And Justin can build the bridges and the connections to the rest of the community. So we had Justin and Megan over for dinner. And we started to build a relationship with them. And then Erica and I would just start timing up like our walks as families when they were like, hey, all the, all the families are hanging out down there. Let's just go for a... <laughs> oh, hey guys. So good to meet you. And Justin would just step, oh, let me introduce you to the so-and-sos and let me introduce you to the so-and-sos. And he would just mobilize the thing. Now, we're still, we're still not fully in, okay? We're still not fully in. You want to know what kills us? You want to know what kills us? When you first meet someone, what's like the opening question? Hey, what do you do? Hey, what do you do? And so like, that's, like I foolishly, I would lead with, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm a teacher. I'm an engineer at Cummins. And then what do they do? Hey, what do you do? I'm a pastor. <laughs> like, like, I'm telling you. Most other occupations, you can kind of keep the comfort. They're like, oh, so like, you like preaching stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, God and what he's called us to, he's going to provide for this mission he's calling us. Like in communities we're going to go to and countries we're going to go to, there are people of peace that are there. That they're going to go, yeah, 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 come on, come on. And I can connect you in and I'll provide for what you guys need. This is how God does it. It's total faith step here. Now, um, he provides through us through people of peace. And now as we get to verse 9, he's, now he's going to tell them what to do. Okay, I'm sending you out. Here's how I'm going to provide for you. Now, here's, here's what you're going to do. And it's so to the point. Verse 9, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. No, that's about it. That's all he said. Like, you can keep reading and think, like, okay, you know, 72, we're all ready. We know what we shouldn't bring, and we know we're ready, and what do we want to do? Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. And heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Don't miss the simplicity of this. Sent people, sixth thing is this. Sent people meet needs and share the gospel. That's what we do. No, 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 don't, like, wow, that doesn't seem very profound. It's not. It's not really very profound. 
It's just we, we, amongst our family, amongst our friends, there's needs. We meet them. We meet them in the name of the love of Jesus. And then we tell them, hey, and guess what? The kingdom of God is drawing near to you. And the kingdom of God can be birthed in your heart. And its name is Jesus. And then there's needs in our neighborhood. And we just, we just say, wow, there's our neighbor. And they, they have a need. And let's meet their need. And let's tell them about Jesus. And there's a need amongst our coworkers. And we meet the need and we tell them about Jesus. What if we just started living by this simple principle? It, it would force us. I love what Ashley said on our video. She, it, it would get our eyes up and we'd just start prayerfully looking around going, there's a need. There's a, Lord, do you want me to meet that? And as I meet that in the name of Jesus, I should certainly, certainly be sharing the name of Jesus. Just heal the sick. Tell them the kingdom of God has come near. And now you're like, okay, everyone's going to love this. I mean, you have 72 people going out into the regions. They're just meeting needs and they're sharing the hope in Jesus. Who's not going to love that? Verse 10. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Jesus tells them straight up, right up front, some town's just going to reject you. I mean, they're just going to say, hey, you need to go, and you need to go quickly. Seventh thing, we need to know it. Some people will be rejected by some. It's just inevitable. We know it's coming. We don't need to hang our head. We don't need to, we just, we know it's coming. If we are really going to get on this mission for Jesus thing, not everyone is just going to embrace it with open arms. We have to know that rejection is inevitable. But here's the deal, harvest. Here's the deal, folks. Here's the deal, Jesus followers. Um, what this vision is all about, yes, we're going to establish a church home for our congregation. Yes, we're going to plant churches nearby, Lord Wilding. Yes, we're going to get, get to work around the globe. Yes, all of that, all of this. But what that's at the heart of this vision is every single one of us from our heart and out of joyful worship, all of us are saying, I am sent. I am sent. It's not someone else's job. It's not, it's not some program or some ministry job. It's my job. There is no sideline in this walk with Jesus. And if you're watching from the sidelines, I'm telling you it's way more fun on the field. It is way more fun on the field. And this is what he's calling us to.